Welcome to another episode of Tactical Tuesday with Modern Milsim. Through this podcast, we will bring you real-world tactics, techniques, and procedures that will enable you to succeed on the Milsim battlefield. It's time to make ready. Hello, and welcome to Episode 6 of Tactical Tuesday with Modern Milsim. As always, I am your host, Craig White. Thank you for being here. Now, today we're going to talk about reaction and contact under Army Battle Drill 1 and conducting a squad assault under Battle Drill 2 Alpha. We will also discuss variations of Battle Drill 2 Alpha, depending on whether you or the enemy initiate contact, as well as the terrain in which initial contact takes place. So let's get to it. So what is a Battle Drill? According to Army Technical Publication 3-21.8, which supersedes Army Field Manual 3-21.8, Field Manual 25-101, and Field Manual 7-1, it is defined as standardized collective actions made in response to common battle occurrences. They are designed for rapid reaction in situations without the application of deliberate decision-making process. Now, the characteristics of a battle drill are, one, They require minimal leader orders to accomplish and are standard throughout the Army. Two, sequential actions are vital to success in combat. Three, they apply to a platoon or smaller units. Four, they are trained responses to enemy actions or leader's orders. And five, they represent mental steps followed for offensive and defensive actions in training and combat. Currently, the Army has 14 battle drills. Of those, approximately eight have application to MILSIM operations. Also note that under ATP 3-21.8, that reaction to contact has been renumbered from Battle Drill 2 to Battle Drill 1. Similarly, the Battle Drill number for squad attack has been changed from Battle Drill 1 Alpha to Battle Drill 2 Alpha. Because I am more used to referring to the squad attack drill as Battle Drill 1 Alpha, I may slip and fall into referring to it as Battle Drill 1 Alpha. For purposes of this podcast, Battle Drill 1 Alpha and Battle Drill 2 Alpha are essentially the same. Before we get into the meat of how to perform Battle Drill 1 and 2 Alpha, we need to discuss another issue first. Depending on whether the squad is moving while using bounding overwatch or is moving in squad column as traveling overwatch when contact with the enemy is made, and whether the contact is initiated by the enemy or by you, the transitions will be slightly different. Now, we have already talked about bounding overwatch and fire maneuver in earlier episodes of this podcast. If you make contact with the enemy while performing these forms of movement or maneuver, the squad's fire teams are already online beside each other in either a line or wedge formation as they move forward. However, if the squad is attacked before it has been able to transition into bounding overwatch, it will likely be moving in what is called traveling overwatch in squad column formation. Now, what does this phrase mean? Well, let's talk about the squad column formation first. When a squad moves through territory where enemy contact is possible, but not necessarily very likely, it will be moving in a squad column formation. A squad column formation consists of one fire team taking the lead or point followed by the other fire team. The fire team in the front is considered to be the lead fire team, while the one following it is referred to as the trail fire team. Situated in the center between the two fire teams is the squad leader, along with any other specialists attached to the squad, including any heavy weapons teams. Both fire teams will typically be moving in a wedge formation. 
The lead fire team is typically 100 to 150 feet in front of the squad leader, while the trail fire team is approximately 50 to 60 feet behind the squad leader. To the extent there is a heavy weapons team attached to the squad, it will be positioned very near the squad leader to allow him to better position it and to direct its fire. A link to an example of squad column formation is in the show notes for this episode. If the two fire teams are moving in a wedge formation, the squad column is referred to as a squad column with fire teams in wedge. If the fire teams are moving in line formation, the squad column is referred to as a squad column with fire teams online. Now, the reason the lead fire team is more separated from the squad leader and the trailing fire team is to prevent the trailing fire team from becoming engaged by the enemy at the same time the lead fire team makes contact with it. Most of the time, if the squad is in traveling overwatch formation when it makes contact with the enemy, the enemy is the one that has initiated it. If the squad is already in bounding overwatch when it initially detects the enemy, the squad leader can decide whether to and in what manner to make contact with the enemy. This can range from an ambush, which we will discuss in more detail in a future episode of this podcast, to forming his fire teams up to conduct a squad attack, also known as Battle Drill 2 Alpha. If the squad is moving in a squad column when the enemy is detected, and presuming the squad remains undetected, the squad leader will need to transition the squad into bounding overwatch so that the fire teams can provide mutual support to each other and otherwise transition to fire maneuver. Remember that bounding overwatch is a movement technique. Once the shooting starts, the engaged fire team will transition to fire maneuver techniques. In both instances, the squad can bypass Battle Drill 1, React to Contact. Remember, while in contact with the enemy, at least one element of the squad must be moving to a more advantageous position. One fire team provides a base of fire, while the other fire team is bounding. Be aware that the enemy is also likely to be moving. In fact, it may be attempting to flank you while you are trying to flank it. That is the reason for the base of fire. It suppresses and fixes the enemy so that it can be attacked from a more advantageous position by another element. In addition, a stationary base of fire provides more accurate fire than a moving element. Now, when the enemy initiates contact with an element of the squad, there will be little time for deliberation by the squad leader and his fire team leaders. They will have to react quickly to maintain force protection while determining whether to break contact or attack. So how does Battle Drill 1 work? Well, Battle Drill 1 is triggered immediately when any part of the unit comes under initial direct fire from the enemy. For discussion purposes, we will assume that the lead fire team receives enemy fire first. Keep in mind that the priority for the leader of the lead fire team in contact is to get team members online. Players that are not online often cannot shoot at enemy contact without the risk of fratricide or friendly fire. Now that when the enemy first engages the fire team, the following steps take place. First, members of the fire team in contact immediately return well-aimed fire on known enemy positions while also seeking immediate cover from enemy fire. Next, while still firing, the engaged fire team members will then identify the enemy positions through the use of the 3D method, distance, direction, and description. For MILSEM purposes, distance can be expressed in meters, yards, or feet. Direction is expressed using the clock method where directly ahead of the fire team is 12 o'clock. Finally, the description is expressed in whatever members of the fire team can observe. For example, 80 meters at 1 o'clock, 3 enemy, and tree line with AK-47s. The fire team leader then transmits this information to the squad leader, either by voice or by radio. While firing on the enemy positions, the engaged fire team members attempt to get online as much as possible 
considering the train and cover available to maximize the amount of fire to be put on the enemy while minimizing the possibility of fratricide. Immediately upon the lead fire team's contact with the enemy, the trailing fire team immediately sets rear security and awaits instructions from the squad leader. Next, the squad leader moves up to get an eyes-on assessment on the initial contact with the enemy. If the initially engaged fire team cannot eliminate the threat on its own, he must decide whether the enemy can be neutralized by the full squad or whether it is too large and the squad needs to break contact. Now, once you get to this step, you have reached the end of Battle Drill 1. Now, at this point, the squad leader has to make a decision whether to attack or whether to break contact. Typically, the squad leader is looking for at least a 3-to-1 advantage over the enemy before he elects to attack it. If the squad does not have a 3-to-1 advantage over the enemy, he may decide to break contact. If the squad leader decides to break contact, there are several techniques he can utilize to affect this. We will talk about breaking contact in a future episode of the podcast. If the squad cannot successfully assault the enemy position, but can fix it in place, the squad leader may elect to use both fire teams to set up support-by-fire positions while contacting his platoon leader to maneuver one or more squads to flank and assault the enemy position. If you want to read ahead about platoon attack, Google Battle Drill 1 under the old numbering system or Battle Drill 2 under the newer numbering system. If the squad leader determines that the squad can defeat the enemy, and depending on the available terrain surrounding the enemy's position, as well as the size of the enemy element, he may decide to bring his other fire team up to get online with the initially engaged fire team to directly assault the enemy's position. This method is typically used when the enemy is surrounded by clear terrain and or if the size of the enemy force is small. See Battle Drill 4 for more information on this tactic. This is also a tactic that we'll be discussing in a future episode. Now, once the two fire teams get online, they begin to move toward the enemy using fire maneuver, using either alternating or successive bounds until they push through the enemy position and secure it. As you recall, successive bounds is where the overwatching fire team moves up to a position even with the initially advancing fire team before the cycle repeats itself. Alternating bounds is where each fire team moves past the other fire team after it is set and moves forward to positions parallel to but in front of the other one. Once enemy fire stops, both fire teams get online for the final assault through the enemy position. If there is terrain that supports flanking on either side of the enemy position, such as a tree line, vegetation, and the like, that will allow a force to move into a flanking position without being detected by the enemy, then the squad can use Battle Drill 2 Alpha, Squad Attack. So this is how Battle Drill 2 Alpha works. First, the fire team in contact with the enemy continues to act as a base of fire or support by fire element to keep the enemy fixed, suppressed, or otherwise focused on the engaged element. For purposes of this discussion, I'm going to refer to it as Alpha Team. Second, the squadler moves any attached heavy weapon element to a position alongside Alpha Team and on the side closer to the side where Bravo Team will be moving to flank the enemy. From that position, the heavy weapons team suppresses the enemy. Third, Squad Leader will use a signal as set by unit SOPs to indicate that Battle Drill 2A will be used as well as to indicate to which side Bravo Team will move. One word is used to indicate what Battle Drill is being used and the other word to indicate direction. For example, green could mean Battle Drill 2 Alpha while red can mean Break Contact under Battle Drill 3. You can also use Upstairs to mean Flank and Downstairs to mean Break Contact. Typically, the squad leader will either use a city or state on the U.S. West Coast, in other words, the left coast on a map, to signify that Bravo team will flank left, and one on the East Coast to signify right. 
Alternatively, the squad leader can use a word starting with the letter L to signify a left flank and a word starting with the letter R to signify a right flank. The squad leader will need to determine which words will be used ahead of time so that both fire teams will know what they mean. So here's an example of what I mean by that. For purposes of discussion, let's just presume that Bravo team is going to be the one executing battle drill to Alpha. And in this example, the squad leader calls out Bravo team bold move New York. And when you look at the phrasing of that particular uh, call, obviously the first part Bravo team indicates that Bravo team is going to be the one executing the move. Bold move indicates that Bravo team is to execute battle drill to Alpha. And New York means, since it's a city on the East Coast and therefore on the right side of the map, that Bravo team is to utilize a right flank to accomplish the execution of that battle drill. And for a different example, let's use the phrase Bravo team green Lexus. When the squad leader makes that call, again, Bravo team refers to the team to be making the movement. Green is to signify battle drill to alpha. And since the word Lexus starts with an L, that means that Bravo team is to execute battle drill to alpha by flanking to the left side of alpha team. So moving on to the fourth step, the squad leader leads Bravo team through cover and concealing terrain on the right side until it reaches a last cover and concealed position, or LCC, parallel to and on the flank of the enemy. The angle between Alpha and Bravo team must be at least 90 degrees from each other to avoid fratricide between them. Fifth, when Bravo team reaches its last concealed and covered position on the enemy's flank, the squad leader will position himself just behind Bravo team and on the side closer to Alpha team. This enables him to coordinate the fire and movement of the two fire teams. Now, during the entire time that Bravo team is moving to its flanking position, Alpha team is continuing to fire directly into the enemy position to fix the enemy, to suppress them, and to otherwise prevent them from observing Bravo team's movement to flank it. So now we're moving on to step six. So now that Bravo team is in its last covered and concealed position is ready to commence the assault, it opens up on the enemy position from that flank. At this point, the squad leader still needs to notify Alpha team that Bravo team is ready to begin its assault and that Alpha team needs to shift fire away from its position to allow it to do so. And this is where the PACE plan comes into play. PACE is an acronym for Primary, Alternate, Contingency, and Emergency. It represents a hierarchy of signals that can be used if the ones earlier in the list become unavailable. So in this case, the squad leader should have set up a PACE plan with both fire team leaders to represent the manner and method that will be used to signal each movement or action of the drill. For example, radio could be the primary, a blown whistle could be the alternate, a green smoke grenade could be the contingency plan, and runners could be the emergency communication method for signaling Alpha team to shift fire. So at this point, the squad leader radios Alpha fire team leader to shift fire away from Bravo team, and most importantly, to receive confirmation from Alpha fire team leader that he has received and is complying with that command. Once that happens, you move on to the next step. Bravo team gets online and uses fire maneuver techniques to begin its assault through the enemy position using alternating bounds. As it assaults through the enemy position, Bravo team members will eliminate any enemy players as they encounter them. So that brings us to step eight. And at this point, when the enemy fire ceases and Bravo team is ready to commence its final assault to the enemy position, 
the squad leader notifies Alpha Fire team leader to lift fire. Now, lift fire means Alpha team is to stop shooting in the area in which they were previously firing, but they are free to engage enemy outside of the area in which Bravo team is now operating. For example, if an enemy starts shooting from a new position that is in the trees on the opposite side of the enemy position from where Bravo team is now assaulting, Alpha team can still engage that threat so long as it does not endanger members of Bravo team. Now, once Alpha team lifts fire, Bravo team assaults straight through and clears through the enemy position to a position about 35 meters past the last dead enemy or the enemy position on the other side. This is called the Limit of Advance, or LOA. The reason the LOA has to be 35 meters past the last enemy position is to prevent an enemy that is located outside of the original enemy position from throwing a grenade into the proximity of Bravo team and causing a mass casualty event. Now, in case you are wondering, the squad leader follows behind Bravo team as it clears through the enemy position and reaches its LOA on the far side. Once the squad leader reaches Bravo team's LOA, he will move to the end of the line that is furthest from Alpha team so that he can coordinate with Alpha team once it reaches its limit of advance. Now, as Bravo team reaches its limit of advance, Bravo fire team leader will yell, LOA, 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 loudly. At that point, the squad leader will notify Alpha team to commence its assault through the enemy position. So now we're going to step 10. At this point, Alpha Team will assault directly through the enemy position to a point 35 meters past the last dead enemy or enemy position. As it moves through the objective or enemy position, it checks to make sure the Bravo Team did not miss any live enemy. Once Alpha Team reaches its limit of advance, the Alpha Fire Team leader will yell, LOA, LOA, LOA. Now, when Alpha Team begins to assault through the enemy position, the Heavy Weapons Team, if any, will get up and start to follow Alpha Team through the same position, but move diagonally across so that it's taken a position diagonally opposite from where it was located at the beginning of the battle drill. In other words, it follows diagonally and behind Alpha Team as it assaults through. This is to ensure that the heavy weapons team is located at the so-called fulcrum or meeting point between Alpha and Bravo teams once they reach their LOAs. Now, once the heavy weapon team reaches its final position between the lines of Alpha and Bravo teams, its team leader yells last man to signal that they are the last ones to move through the enemy position. If the squad has no heavy weapon team, then the team members of Alpha and Bravo teams that are closest to each other at the respective LOAs will announce last man. Once Alpha and Bravo fire team leaders have confirmed that their last man has already moved through the enemy position, this information is then conveyed on to the squad leader so that he can move on to establishing security and take another action as needed. So this brings us to step 11. And at this point, upon reaching their respective LOAs, each fire team member immediately reloads in anticipation of a possible enemy counterattack. So now we have reached the final step of Battle Drill 2 Alpha. At this point, both Alpha and Bravo teams have reached their respective LOAs after having assaulted through the enemy position. At this point, the squad leader will likely order both fire teams to set 360 degree security in case there is a counterattack, will request lace reports to determine the status and combat effectiveness of the troops. The squad leader will also likely order sensitive site exploitation teams 
to enter into the enemy position to see if they can locate intelligence that would be useful to higher command. So that's how Battle Drill 2 Alpha is typically done. Now, we'll talk about it in a later episode, but also understand that Battle Drill 2 Alpha can be upscaled to the platoon level. At that point, it is referred to as Battle Drill 2. We will address Battle Drill 2 in future episodes when we get into platoon level tactics and formations. Although the flanking maneuver that is the center of Battle Drill 2 Alpha can be very effective, it does have some limitations. First, if the enemy moves, it will hamper coordination of the two fire teams and may also cause the flanking attack to be at a too narrow or too wide of an angle. If the angle is too narrow, the flanking team can actually end up assaulting toward the fixing team. If it is too wide, the flanking team will be out of position as it pushes through the enemy position and especially when it reaches its limit of advance. The two teams will not link up properly after they reach their respective LOAs. Second, the flanking element will need concealment and hopefully cover in order to move into position prior to assaulting through the enemy position. Concealment and surprise is central to the success of Battle Drill 2 Alpha. If the flanking team is seen by the enemy, it can move to counter the flanking attack by withdrawing back to a secondary position, by conducting a spoiling attack on the flanking team before it is ready to assault, or send an element to intercept the flanking team before it can move into the starting point for its flanking maneuver. Finally, the enemy can call artillery to disrupt the attack or immediately suppress either of both fire teams. Third, Battle Drill 2 Alpha can be difficult to coordinate for inexperienced leaders. Experienced leaders will use landmarks to coordinate movement and fire lanes to prevent fratricide or friendly fire. The squad leader will need to trust the fire team leader of the fixing team to shift and lift fire appropriately for the battle drill to be successful. Fourth, flanking the correct distance around the enemy position takes time. During that period, the fixing team will be expending ammunition to suppress the enemy position and fix it in place. Fifth, the flanking team can be intercepted or blocked by a separate enemy force also concealed along the flanking team's route to its last covered and concealed position. Sixth, the fixing team itself can be attacked by an enemy attack coming from the opposite side from where the flanking team is moving. This is a situation where the enemy is trying to flank you as you're trying to flank the enemy. Now, there are several other tactics that use various components of Battle Drill 2 Alpha or are otherwise a variation of this drill. One of them is often referred to as the Tactical L. The Tactical L incorporates the L-shaped alignment of the two fire teams in Battle Drill 2 Alpha just before the flanking team assaults through the enemy position. The difference is that one of the fire teams moves directly into the flanking position without flanking around. This is how it works. Upon contact with the enemy, both fire teams get online and suppress the enemy position. As the teams bound forward toward the enemy position, the squad leader will issue various commands to rotate one of the fire teams around the point where it is in contact with the other fire team to form an L shape. It's like swinging the door so that the rotating fire team is at a 90 degree angle to the other fire team. This is why the maneuver is called the tactical L. I have used the tactical L on many occasions with great success. In fact, I call this maneuver slamming the door. Now, when it comes to giving commands to individuals, the squad leader or the fire team leader needs to refer to each individual by name. People listen to specific orders and their own names better than if a general command is given. Remember that players in a line formation need to be evenly spaced and in alignment with other players in the formation. Some of the common commands used by a squad leader or fire team leader 
while assaulting through an enemy position are the following. Brian, get online. This command means that Brian is getting ahead of or behind others in the line. He needs to get even with other members of the fire team. Next, Brian, stay in your lane. This means that Brian is drifting into the lane of one of the players on each side of him. In doing so, Brian is moving his neighboring player into another player's lane or is impeding his neighbor's ability to fire on the enemy. Next, we've got Alpha Team, Pinwheel Left. Alpha Team needs to rotate left around the center of the formation. This command is given if Alpha Team is falling out of alignment with Bravo Team or needs to rotate in order to form the L formation of the Tactical L. Next one is Bravo Team, Shift Right. With this command, Bravo Team is drifting too far away from Alpha Team and needs to correct by shifting right. Next is left side bound with me. The fire team on the left side bounds forward along with the squad leader or fire team leader to a position designated by that leader. Next is left side bound to me. The squad leader is ordering the fire team on the left side to bound to a position via successive bounds adjacent to him on the left. And then we've got assault to the LOA. This is the order that the squad leader or fire team leader gives for the fire team to assault through the enemy position and to its limit of advance on the other side of the enemy. Now, there are also many other commands that could be used. This is just a sampling. Now, once the two fire teams are aligned at a 90-degree angle to each other, the squad leader directs them to assault through the enemy position in a manner similar to that of Battle Drill 2 Alpha. Once both fire teams assault through the enemy position, they reload before setting security. Now, if the squad has a heavy weapons team attached to it, the squad leader will position it between the two fire teams as they are getting online. It then acts as the turning point or fulcrum for the fire team, rotating into the flanking position or slamming the door. Because the tactical L relies less on large maneuver and more on firepower, violence of action is essential in conducting this particular variation of the battle drill. So another variation of the bold flank of Battle Drill 2 Alpha is the reverse flank. The drill is exactly the same as the bold flank, except the flanking element does not initially assault through the enemy position. Instead of acting as the assault element, it becomes the base of fire element. Once the flanking element reaches its last covered and concealed position, it opens up on the enemy with enfilade fire where the enemy's cover is hopefully ineffective. Once this base of fire is established, the fire team that was originally the base of fire assaults through the enemy position first. Once the assaulting team reaches its limit of advance, the base of fire element then assaults through as well. The reverse flank is often used when the flanking element has access to a good support by fire position, such as a hill, cliff, or other high terrain that would impede assaulting through the enemy position. In such circumstances, the squad leader would move a fire team in a flanking movement to such terrain where it can fire upon and hopefully eliminate many enemy players. Since the flanking fire team is unable to further maneuver, the other fire team assaults through the enemy position instead. So these are some of the basic tactics, techniques, and procedures for conducting an assault on enemy positions or objectives. The main takeaways from this episode is to utilize fire and maneuver to overwhelm the enemy. Do not simply line up and trade shots with the enemy like a game of whack-a-mole. When you are in enemy contact, at least one of the fire teams must always be maneuvering to a more advantageous position. The second is to flank the enemy position whenever possible. The third is to maintain good communications with your fire team or squad leader during an attack. 
They should coordinate your movement so that maximum combat power is applied to the enemy. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I look forward to seeing you next time when we talk about the effective use of squad automatic weapons, also known as saws, and light machine guns, also known as LMGs. If you have any topics you would like to see covered in future episodes of Tactical Tuesday, please let me know by posting it on the Modern Milson Facebook page. I'm always interested in input from my subscribers. If it's not one of the topics that we already plan to cover, I will likely add it to our list. If you like this podcast, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or on Google Podcasts, as well as others. Thanks for your support, and I'll see you at our next episode. To our listeners out there, thank you for tuning in, and I look forward to providing you with new episodes every two weeks. If you like what you're hearing on this podcast, please subscribe and provide us with a review. We want to know what you like and how we can improve. You can also contact us on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash modern milsim with any suggestions you may have. In our next episode of Tactical Tuesday, we will discuss effective use of squad automatic weapons and light machine guns. If you want to know more about application of real-world tactics, techniques, and procedures to MILSIM, please check out from Alpha to Omega, a MILSIM tactical primer and training manual, as well as from Insertion to Extraction, Advanced MILSIM CQB Tactics, Techniques, and Procedures. Both books are available at Amazon.com. As always, thank you for your support, and I'll see you at our next installment of Tactical Tuesday.